Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. Hey, welcome back to the Clever Investor Show. Once again, I'm your lucky host, Cody Sperber, the original Clever Investor. I'm super excited today. We got two amazing human beings. Chris and Lori Harder are blessing us with your presence in the Clever Investor Show studios. Excited to have you guys on today's show. Man, great to be on. We are so excited to be here. This is awesome. Man, you guys are amazing. I just want to read some things just because I prepared some show notes. These guys are amazing entrepreneurs, investors, philanthropists, uh, philanthropists. (laughs) That's (laughs) a for you to say. Uh, Podcasters and... uh, just uh, badasses, and I'm really excited. If you don't know who they are, you're gonna you're gonna love uh, getting to know them. Chris, after an 11 year career as an executive in the banking industry, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. my background, banking. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. All right, well, then you're 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 uh, you're smarter than I am. Stuff. <laughs> um, you guys ended up partnering together, doing a bunch of stuff in the entrepreneur mm-hmm. space. And uh, the uh, you guys run some really high-level badass masterminds. I was able to come and speak and yep. to some of your guys' mastermind members, which, by the way, I was speaking at another event, and two of your mastermind members came up to me and said, I saw you at Chris and, and Lori's well, house. Awesome. They're yeah. always such a good group like that, man. <laughs> yeah, you, you got some amazing members. You've been featured in everything, by the way. Forbes, Entrepreneur, MSNBC, CNBC, Yahoo, all the things. And uh, like I said, you run the Elite Entrepreneur Mastermind. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Yep. All right. And then Lori, you're a leading expert in the field of fitness, transformational work, mindfulness, self-love. You've grown two multi-million dollar businesses as a successful entrepreneur and network marketer. Isogenics, right? Yes. Yep. Dang. I want to talk about that because I own a network marketing company yeah. called Osnap. And it's hard to get one of these things going. Mm. I want to I want to know all your network marketing <laughs> secrets. How did you scale that business and completely crush it? Mm. And uh, you're a... Uh, You've won some some fitness awards, fitness world championship two times, yeah. Yeah. Th- actually three. Time, three times, three times, eleven time cover mm-hmm. model, eleven like, times, eleven covers. How did 11, you? Right? So I, it, the world wants to know, Chris. How did you snag such a beautiful, <laughs> smart, talented I woman? What is my your secret? Coverage. I Are you just my coverage hung like so this, bad. dude? I what? think you more like this, yeah, more like this, yeah. like wingspan, <laughs> like wingspan. <laughs> Lots well, of wine. The, the key, great. the key is is meeting her in Green Bay, where she didn't have a lot of choices, and I didn't have a lot of choices. Small town, small mm-hmm. town. Yep. <laughs> How did you guys meet? What at was the, a, what, was the, the what was the move? This okay. <laughs> this is a good story, but we gotta give the abbreviated one. So, um, she was the brand new girl day one at a new gym in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and I'd been living there, you know, grew up there, and she walked in, and of course, every guy in that place wanted to meet her. No, but and okay. so you walked in, and the front desk guy hits on you, and it's a horrible experience for you. And mm-hmm. then halfway into her workout, another guy like taps her on the shoulder, makes her take her headphones off mid workout and, you know, strikes up some kind of cheesy pickup it's like, line. like, hey, my name's Jake. And then he asked me to go smoke weed with him and his girlfriend. So <laughs> for real, for real. And then he's the third guy, the yep. poor guy. Now, like- I didn't even approach her while she's working out. I knew better. Mm-hmm. We were walking out to the cars and by God's grace, man, she was parked right next to me. So I simply <laughs> look over as we're walking out and I go, hey, are you new here? And she looks at me and she goes, yep. And now, gets in the car and closes the door. And I thought, oh, she sucks. <laughs> now, in my defense, that was the third person. I was like, I just wanted to work out. I didn't like like moving back. And I was back in with my parents, like moved back into their house. I was like in a really low place. And so him being the third person kind of coming up on that particular I was, I was day. I was a victim of Yeah, a I was a victim timing. of poor timing. So, But being, then 
But then I watched you. Like I watched him for like the next couple of months because he was so nice. Like I just, he, everybody talked to him. Like whenever he'd walk into the gym, everybody loved him. And I was like, oh God, I can tell he's really nice. So we were at the water fountain. It's like eighth grade. We were at the water fountain. And I was like, hey, I didn't get your name. And then we just hung out for like six months. You were friend zoned for about six months. Now I did a a fine dance though, not getting fully friend zoned. Or I wouldn't be here today like this, (laughs) right? Like you can't get fully friend zoned. That's when you're fucked. And, and and so after six months, what you finally asked her out on a date, and she said yes. No, we had been like doing the we whole like post workout. Yeah, me trying to make a move on her every single time. Lots her of wine, rejecting wasn't happening. them. Lots of yep. foot rubs. Yep, still wasn't like, tried every Wait, angle possible. as a friend, you were foot rubbing. Oh yes. See, this that's is why some new, this it, is, it this is not a, like these are some power moves. Like, <laughs> I think I managed the, to keep one foot in the might hook up zone, one foot in the friend zone. And you're like, let's go have some wine. I was persistent. Rub. I was, I feel like it. Here's my move. <laughs> I was like, you worked out, you're depleted. If I put wine in you right now, my chances are really high to get, to get a yes. <laughs> and, uh, I tried that for six months and finally it, it, yeah, it, it just, worked out it, in my favor. Literally one day it just kind of flipped and we, yeah, we just started dating. Wait, you, you, you got to tell them where you realized you loved me. This is hilarious. Oh this is the most Midwest grown up thing ever. We were at a casino buffet. Hung over at a mm-hmm. casino buffet. She looks across her probably- It was like a lightning bolt. You guys are slowly fried rice both and crab legs. for the, the tongs yes. at the same yeah, time. Yeah, realize the same time. <laughs> that was it. Eye realize contact. This, I love this dude. Over the extra macaroni and cheese. And that was it. Yep. But we've uh, been together 20 years. Yeah. So we've been together over 20 years. We'll be married 18 years coming mm-hmm. up in August. And in that time, especially when you meet when you're young, I got married at 27 and 24, you become a lot of different people. Oh, yeah. Right? And- you don't just kind of become different. Like you really become different people. And we have had to choose to always be willing to try that new person, try that new version on Mm -hmm. for size, or we wouldn't be sitting here together today. Mm -hmm. There were times when I was down and out and I hated myself. And so the the marriage was horrible. There were times that you were going through Mm -hmm. transitions. And so, you know, that created a strain. There was a, a, a time when we lost everything that I would have thought she would have left right out the door because it was a surprise to her. And no, instead of walking out the door or, or saying, you know, screw you, this is your fault. She looked at me when I broke the news. This is 0809. She looked at me when I broke the news and she goes, I will never let this happen again. And that's mm-hmm. when she rolled up her sleeves and went on that fitness journey, got all the covers, the whole nine yards. So wow. it's been a crazy ass journey together. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of knew at that point, like, this is it. I'm sticking, I'm sticking with this guy. What were you, you know, thinking when I broke out. the news to you? I mean, I think we were so close anyway. We were we were like best friends because we were friends before we got married. And I think just the way that I grew up as well, like we had gone bankrupt growing up too. And so this was like a repeat uh, in my life happening. And I just knew that you were the person that I wanted to grow with because we really complimented each other. And I think it was just that moment of like, Together, I I knew that we had the skill set and he was just having a really down year, but I knew like, I knew who he was because he was amazing at work and he was an amazing human and everybody loved him and he is a genius with numbers. So I just think it was that moment of, oh my God, it's, it's my turn right now to help him out because he's normally so strong, but it was just a, a horrible year, obviously that particular I year. I love that so. you guys stick together like that and support mm. each other. I want to, I want to step back because, you know, in the last probably like, I don't know, seven years or so, the word entrepreneurship has yeah. really like changed. Like yeah. everybody wants to be an mm-hmm. entrepreneur. Everybody thinks, oh, I'm, I'm going to yep. put this on my IG. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. 
And you guys have done a phenomenal job, not only being entrepreneurs, but also cultivating tons of entrepreneurs through your masterminds and your education. And obviously your isogenics business is massive and that's very entrepreneurial. Everybody gets into that as a side hustle, but to really make it work, you got to treat it as a business Mm -hmm. right? and you got to work it really hard. It's very hard to do what you did and build a big team. Mm -hmm. Now you guys are still making money from mm-hmm. yeah, it's every interest, month. It's interesting. Uh, you know, you started building that thing about 12 years ago mm-hmm. and we probably built it really hard for about eight years. Now, here's the cool thing about network marketing. And a lot of people like to, to rip on it and that kind of thing. But if you do it right, mm. you can create a hell of a sustainable, you know, passive income. Yeah. We still get a significant, I mean, significant income from them. Matter of fact, it just fell below seven figures about 18 months ago worth of just passive do nothing income. Even though we haven't worked the business in what, five years now? Mm-hmm. So See, we built that. it for, for mm-hmm. really hard for seven, eight years and then haven't worked it for five, but it's still paying. Well, just think about this. And, and my business partner, John in OSNAP mm-hmm. says this. He said, you know, people out there, they're entrepreneurial supremacists. Yeah. My mm. way of making money is better than your way of yeah. making yeah. money. And it's this, this misperception that network marketing is for losers or mm. for people that can't mm-hmm. do anything out. That's not the truth. I mean, I know a lot of very successful people, celebrities. I know already high-level entrepreneurs that have side businesses as network marketers that turn into main businesses. Mm-hmm. You guys, like I'm seeing seeing you guys. It's interesting to that There's point. There's no right or wrong way oh to make money. No, no it's, it's the original affiliates. Like yeah. It's word of mouth it's marketing. Genius. Yeah. And, and it's how, you know, especially as a woman, like we share everything, anything good. It's, it's, I think it's one of the best things for, especially I'm just going to speak to women here because that's how we share. That's what we want to do. When we love something, that is the modality in which we share is we tell our friend, why wouldn't we get paid for that? So I think it's one of the most exciting opportunities for people. And it's like beginner boot camp entrepreneurship. Yeah. It teaches you, it's kind of like business in a box. It kind of the safest way to learn it. It's the safest way to learn with a low yeah. risk. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like what's your downside? You, you drank some shakes or you took some vitamins that you like that you would have been spending money on anyways. Mm-hmm. But then the upside is, holy shit, you could make you know, million, two million. I know people that make five million, ten million dollars. You're doing it, but the best part is it teaches you things like sales mm-hmm. and money management and conflict resolution and team building oh and marketing in a, in a really safe way. I've learned way. more about people in that industry than any other industry because it's like an open hiring season when you think yep. of it like that. It's like you typically hire everyone and then you have to work with all of them. What's so, funny? What's funny about Isagenics is I uh, have I was a customer. Mm-hmm. Shannon bought every MLM. And I didn't so know that. I, I didn't know they were MLMs. You know, we were just buying stuff and I didn't know where they were showing up at my house. We had cabinets full of all these shakes and bars and (laughs) and programs and all this stuff. And then one day she goes, hey, we need to go down to Isogenics, pick up uh, a box of stuff. And we pull in and there's a guy getting into a Rolls Royce. And I went, I wonder who that guy is. Well, he was the owner of mm-hmm. Isagenics. Ah, yeah. And uh, and I started paying attention to the business a little bit mm. more because like the building was massive. The guys mm-hmm. obviously loaded. That's right. They're right here in Gilbert. They're right here, and they yep. they have mm-hmm. that that awesome building that they uh, they built on the side of the freeway. But years later, when I eventually started my own company with John, uh, I started learning more about the the actual business. Mm-hmm. It is the most scalable global opportunity out there for people to get involved for 50 bucks, business in a box type of learn marketing, get meant. Where else are you going to get meant? If I wanted to get mentorship from you too, it's going to mm-hmm. cost a lot of money. Yep. I join your downline. Right. Instantly, I have your ear. Mm-hmm. Instantly, you take an interest in me because there's there's alignment. 
Right. I do good, you get paid. It's an when people say it's a a pyramid scheme, I'm like, it's an upside down pyramid, you dumbass. <laughs> the money flows doesn't flow up, it flows down. Like the people yeah. at the bottom make the most when they hustle the hardest. And everybody else just takes a little bit. It's in, true in, trickle-down economics in action. It really is. And it's funny because I saw John, your business partner, this morning at the gym. And, and you know I bumped into him. But what you don't know is this. Uh, when you brought up the entrepreneurship supremacy thing, like my way of making money is more elegant than your way of making it. Um, I told him, I said, you know, here's probably one of your challenges. So I said, hey, how's it going? He said, ah, it's going pretty good, but there's some things we want to do better. I said, well, this time that we're in right now where there's so much uncertainty, maybe a recession, maybe not, what's going on, that's when... MLM businesses skyrocket mm -hmm. because people who were not open to the opportunity before, like me, I was so snobby about it. I was closed off. All of a sudden, when your back's against the wall and you lose everything, now you become open to something you weren't open to before. I said, so don't miss this window. He said, yeah, but how do I not miss this window? How do you get mm. that word out? I said, you got to go and find a few people that give permission, like the, the cool kids, for lack of a better term, go find a few cool kids, get them to buy into your business. And then because they're doing it, it suddenly becomes permission or it suddenly becomes okay for everybody else mm -hmm. to do it. And it gets rid of that entrepreneurial supremacy that you were referencing. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. Uh, Osnap.com forward slash Cody. Go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about you growing that that business. So you, you're rolling up your sleeves. You're getting into the fitness space. You're mm -hmm. starting to kick ass, right? Which mm -hmm. by the way, what better space to start a business then in health and fitness, you're helping people make money and feel better about yep. themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you look, there was an article today that came out and I was just dumbfounded. I posted it on my IG because a new study came out that said within the next 12 years, 51% of the entire human population will be considered obese. Mm. Four billion people, technically obese. I could not believe it. But if you look at what's happening, we're, we're at all-time laziness. Yep. yep. Mm. All-time eating crap. Yep. Mm. All-time, like, not moving because yep. we're glued to our screens and, and being overworked yep. and, like, just not doing a, a few simple things. And then you wonder why there's no leaders out there. There's not a lot of positive, powerful energy out there. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of people dominating out there. Yep. And it's like the connection between health and wealth is so strong mm. and people are just settling. Well, it, and, it, you, and you are kicking ass mm. at this time and you're like, hey, I think I can make money with isogenics. Obviously, somebody introed you to it. Yep. How did you guys look at each other and go, we're going to run this thing like a business and we're going to go hard. a good story. Okay, so I, we, were, we had just lost everything. Yep. We were Trying totally to figure in out debt. How do we make a comeback? Yeah, didn't know what that was going to be yet. I was training in the lower level. So I had worked at an LA Fitness making $6 per 30-minute session. And like, obviously, bucks an hour. obviously, I wasn't going to pay off this these hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars in debt. I was doing the math and I'm like, great, I'll be 80 when we pay this off. Okay, awesome. And I didn't graduate high school. I came from a really small town. I was homeschooled through high school, really religious background. So in my mind, I was like, I got nothing. Like, we're never going to get out of this. I can't help you. And so I was like, okay, what can I do? I'm going to train people. And so I was working in an LA fitness, but I would always tell people the one thing that I did really well, I would tell everyone what my dream was. So I would tell some of my clients, like, I'd love to own my own gym one day. That's really what I'm working towards. I want to be, you know, a trainer and on fitness covers. And 
one day, one of my clients said at LA Fitness, she was a chiropractor and she was opening her own chiropractic studio. And she said, hey, I've got a lower level. It's not built out. It's totally like, you know, like raw studs, and studs wires rafters. hanging down. But if you want to train me for free, you can have that space for a while and not pay any rent. I said, amazing. Two weeks later, went to Walmart, bought, you know, the little kids floors that you piece together, bought the rubber banding, threw my ego aside, bought a The little Walmart wall, mirrors, put a few up put, on the wall. Put the back mirrors that you glue that are like $8.99. I stuck those up. One broke right away, left it like that for yep. the year and started training down there. And it, it truly started to change my life. Like I was getting all these different people. He put something up on Craigslist for me. Um, so that was my moment of let's just hustle. So I end up getting this client that he had worked with and she's training with me for probably, I would say at this point, it's about six months and she is losing a ton of weight. And as much as I want to think I'm the most incredible trainer ever, I'm looking at my other clients. They're not losing weight this fast. She was probably oh my God, six months in was probably like 80 pounds or something crazy down. And I was like, what are you doing? And she started telling me about these shakes. And she was like, I'm you know, doing these shakes. I'm doing this thing. I'm doing it as a business as well. So she keeps talking to me about these shakes. And I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to do these shakes. No way. Like my parents did, you know, herbal life and all these different things growing up. And, and I was like, we cannot do that. We're like, our family will stop talking to us. We'll be rejected. And in the fitness space, it was actually so Super frowned upon. upon. So I thought that my career wouldn't move forward if I did network marketing because it was like really a negative, negative thing in the fitness industry at that time. And so I was like, oh my God, can I do this or not? And she ended up showing me a paycheck. She brought a paycheck for $13,000 for a week in one week. And I was like, what? It's and like, that was it. It's like the Wolf of Wall Street where yep. it's like, you show me the paycheck. Yep. Oh I'll quit God. my job exactly right now. Exactly I went home and I was like, I don't care what you think of this. I'm doing it. He was like, oh, hell no. And I was yep. like, hell yes. See, I, like to, to her point, what you were talking about, that, that entrepreneurial, that what do we call it? Stigma. Like, yeah. oh, I would never do that thing. I was so closed off despite seeing Holly. That's the friend she's referring to. Despite seeing her paychecks. Despite, I still have my wallet because my well, ego- even though my back was against the wall, my ego wasn't going to let me do it. I just want to share one other thing because I had a transformation on the product as well. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was really struggling being in the fitness world, always trying to do the diet and stay lean and cook all of this food. I lived in the Midwest, so you couldn't really eat out anywhere. It was, you know, everything is like a Applebee's or fried some food. fried yeah. food. And so I had my own transformation on it. And with knowing what I was doing for clients and asking these women and their families to like cook all of these meals. They're already busy. They're already confused. And it's like, I saw where the story fit. And I think that's where we get all of our power in network marketing is when you can start to see what your story can be around it and how it fits. So for me, it was like, hey, we all want to be fit. We all want purpose. We all want community. And it was serving all of these different purposes in one. And so for me, it was this moment of, wait, why are we doing it the hard way when we can just do these couple of meal replacements, eat something healthier, you know, at night? And then also, if you love it, make money off of it. And so I just decided to be the most unapologetic person about it. And when people would say, oh, you're doing it because you get paid, I'd say, hell yeah, I'm doing it because I get paid and I want you to get paid too. It's the most genius thing. I'm like, when you go buy this other thing at this store, you don't get paid, even if you love it, no matter how much you love it. But if you have this product and you love it and it truly makes an impact, then you can get paid. And so 
I think it was those moments of empowering them and going, why wouldn't we all just be getting paid for the things that we love? What she did with, that was so brilliant is other people, when they decide they're going to lean into something, what they do, they kind of put one fucking foot in and keep the other foot out just for their safety in case mm-hmm. they have to back out of it. She, when people say, oh, you're just doing, you know, recommending this because you get paid, you're just doing it because she leaned all the way in, two feet in. Yeah, I'm getting paid and I can help you get paid too. And it is that certainty and that confidence that'll win every single time. Mm-hmm. So have dipping one foot in and keeping one foot out for safety. And she went all the way in. And it's funny because I fought her on this for months. Hey, you know, we're not going to do this thing. Why, why have you gone all in on this? Like, I'm a little bit embarrassed. And at the same time, remember, we're trying to make a financial comeback. And I said to her, I said, I'll tell you what, I'll help you with this. Because she's like, you got to help me with this. Don't you see the opportunity? I said, I'll help you with this if you can make my car payment. Because we had lost everything, homes, rental properties, got rid of all of our cars, everything, except there's one car I was forced to keep. It was this Audi A8 that I bought. I saw it in the movie, The Transporter. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah. I went from the movie theater to the, the dealership. I said, I don't care what it costs. I need this car. <laughs> so I bought this car, right? And um, the, I was so far upside down in it that when we got rid of everything, I couldn't even get myself out of this car. So I had this payment. I remember it like it was yesterday. Now, I remember this is 2009-ish. Uh, the payment was $820 a month. And to me, it might as well have been $8,000 oh a month. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, I said, I'll tell you what, if you can make my car payment with this little thing of yours, right? This little thing of yours. Don't you hate when people say that? <laughs> um, then maybe I'll, I'll take it serious. Next month, she makes my car payment. What do I do? You think I'd celebrate? No, I moved the finish line on her. I said, well, no, that, that was a fluke. I'll tell you what. If you can pay our rent, because we lost everything and, and went down to a, a small condo, if you can pay our rent, which was $2,800 a month at the time, um, then I'll help you with this. Month goes by, she makes $2,800, pays our rent. Think I'd be excited. Nope, move the finish line again. My ego's in a way. Who does this? I, I say, babe, babe, A lot, a lot of significant yeah, others. Uh, babe, I'll tell you what. If you can make $5,000 in a month, then I promise I'll, I'll, I'll help you out with this. So two more months go by, she has her first $5,000 a month. And this time she hasn't asked me. I remember we're on a walk going around Lake of the Isles and she looks at me and she goes, listen, asshole, you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. I want you to be a part of the solution. You can't keep moving the finish line. And I knew that was my fork in the road. Like I'm either going to support her in this or I'm going to keep making it tougher on her. And I supported her in it and off to the races. You know, I looked up the other day. Um, you can look at your lifetime earnings. We've been paid almost $18 million. Wow. From them Ooh. that I didn't even Say realize. that again with some confidence. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That's amazing. You know, and I want to point that out with, with network marketing, with anything. And I know that you know this because people buy from you for this reason. But yes, you have to have a good product. But I think at any time, people are always buying energy, confidence, and permission. And so when you show up in those things, I think you can sell anything. And when you have a great product, it just makes you feel even better. So we always try to remember that, like, are we being are are we being certain? Are we feeling confident in our lives? Are we doing things that you know? Even just getting we're we're like trying to get back in shape again, and we're like, do we feel confident? Because that's what we're selling. We're selling. We're constantly selling ourselves, our energy and our confidence. So, wow, crazy. And here's what's neat: the skills that we've learned doing that, mm-hmm. the money we made doing that, all those things is what's made it easier for us to start all the other businesses that people know for oh, us yeah. uh, know of us for today, right? Like people don't understand how important some of those building blocks are that they don't give credit to. Everyone just sees your story the past couple of years. They forget to look far enough back to realize, "Hey, where did you sharpen your knife? Oh my gosh. Where did you learn the skill sets? Where did you get the confidence? All the weekends of yep. yeah. inviting Creating four events. to eight people to my little studio space and it, 
you know, renting, like my friend lived in an apartment complex. We'd go rent like the, the free space and we'd have like five or six women and we'd do these tasting parties every single weekend. Like we did not have a weekend off. I think for seven years, we didn't did matter if five people showed up or 10 people showed up. Nope, you were going to do it. it the same. You treated you were it the same. You're going to do it. This mm-hmm. goes for everything. We once set up an event, no matter what your business is, no matter what you're trying, you're going to have times where you're, you're going to get embarrassed. Right. And that's when most people quit. We had an mm-hmm. event. We put out 300 chairs, Holly and I did. Mm-hmm. We had four people show up. So I remember we, we huddled Dude, we're like, all, maybe more coming, Steve, maybe more is coming. Friend, Steve, thanks, mom. Yeah, yep. support my other two. And we I went t- behind the screen and we're like, what are we going to do? She's like, let's just give these four people the best attention that they have ever gotten in their lives. And we did. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't like cancel it. We didn't do none of that. Yeah. 300 chairs out, four people sitting there. We gave them everything that we had. And that was kind of when I knew like, that's how I'm going to choose to show mm-hmm. up in life. And I then you do that. your next event. Yep. I love that because, you know, translate that to today. I'm a big advocate of people building a personal brand and putting Mm -hmm. themselves out there. And I I can't tell you how many times I deleted a video after I shot it or deleted an audio or didn't. I Doesn't get enough views. Nothing happens in the first five minutes. So I delete it. You know, it's like that, that fear of being embarrassed that, that like, I'm going to throw a birthday party and no one's going to come. Totally. But you got to power through that. And I love that you guys have learned all those lessons. Let's, let's talk about some of those Mm. things that entrepreneurs, because for me, First off, you said a couple of things. So I can't tell you how many times somebody has a dream of getting in real estate. Mm. They've been thinking about it since they were little. They play Monopoly, favorite game. They, they grow up and nowadays you watch these HGTV shows. They love those and they just can visualize themselves getting wealthy in real estate. So finally, at some point, they stumble upon one of my Facebook ads or something and they're like, wow, I didn't even know about creative real estate. I thought I had to have a bunch of money for real estate. Mm. So this, this guy in front of this bank is saying, in front of his Lamborghini, said, I can, I can flip a house and make some money with no money, no credit, no real estate license, you know, no fancy mm-hmm. watch, nothing. And they buy. And then that night, they tell their significant other. Mm. And immediately, they shit all over their dreams. Yep. Imme- I mean, it's just like this immediate reaction. And then the next day, they're wanting money back or they're backing out and, and they're freaking out. And I get on the phone with them. I said, what happened between last night and today? Because you were, you were in yesterday. Mm-hmm. What happened? And it's like, they don't want to tell me. And then finally, when they finally say, well, I, I talked to my significant other and it's like, oh, okay. I see you guys aren't in mm-hmm. alignment. You guys aren't supporting each other. You guys, mm-hmm. you, they, they, maybe because of your intention, enthusiasm is scaring them. They're just trying to be protective. Maybe you've tried some things in the past that didn't work out, and yep. that's bringing your track up record might not be good. Yeah, something. you know whatever that is. But I and I remember at one point in my come up, my parents sitting me down, and they said, "Cody, we love you." You know, and I, I, my parents were my idols. They heroes, were, yeah. they, they were my heroes. Right. They were my consigliers. They told me what to do in life, and that feeling of like their disappointment in me. Don't do it. You're Mm. making a mistake. Stay focused on school. You know, real estate, you could do that later once you make a bunch of money. And I remember leaving that meeting just so defeated and so confused and on the edge of quitting, permanently quitting. And thank God I didn't. Mm -hmm. You know, that little voice inside was just strong enough to say, fuck you guys. I'm not doing Mm. this. I'm not quitting. And years later, when I retired them and I eventually hired my dad to come work for me. It was the greatest feeling in the world knowing like, oh man, full circle. Remember remember when you sat me down? Mm-hmm. And now here Boy, we are. we had those moments. Oh yeah. 
But I want to talk about the, the significant other thing. You know, one of the best things that Lori's ever done for me is she's given me ultimatums when things were important to her. And she didn't do the, I'm going to back down, I'm going to bury my dreams thing. She would literally tell me. So I remember when you started competing in fitness. Now she went on to win Ms. Bikini Universe, Ms. Figure Universe, Ms. Fitness Universe, all these things, set records, have 11 covers the whole nine years. But prior to any of that evidence, there was no evidence that she was going to go be successful in fitness. A lot of years of losing. Right? And so <laughs> she really? would- Yeah. yeah. Four that years just, of, of not winning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be scary, uh, standing up there being like, judge my body, mm-hmm. judge all my hard work. Oh, and yeah. about a year into this, you know, is when we were starting over financially. So money was tight. It was a big concern. And it was expensive for her to compete. The, the bikinis they wear to compete are oh like my God. 1500 bucks. The, mm-hmm. the trainers, the, all the, so the chicken and produce mm-hmm. and everything, right? It was a financial burden at the time. And I remember I would harass her. And in one conversation, I'd say, babe, I support you. Babe, you can do this. In, but in my actions, I'd harass her about the grocery bill. I'd harass her about having to travel to the competition. I'd harass her about what she had to spend on a, a competition bikini. And finally, she sat me down about a year in and she goes, listen, she goes, I think I can really make something for us out of this. I really think I have what it takes, but you need to piss or get off the pot. You need to either choose to support me in your actions and stop telling me you support me, but you need to start showing me you support me or I'm not going to do this thing at all. And I knew in that moment, like I, I truly thought I was being supportive in my words and I didn't realize that I was being such a shitty husband in my actions. And had she not sat me down and given me that ultimatum, I would have kept on going with, here's the words, but not the actions to back it up. So sometimes like to all those significant others out there, sometimes you need to sit them down and, and tell them, here's my vision. You either support me or I don't, but I'm, gonna, I'm going all in on this thing. And I think a big, a big game changer for me, the reason that I could speak with such confidence is I had found a group outside of, I had stopped relying on my husband for support mm-hmm. and I let go of the expectation that he may never support me. And, you know, cause he was a, he was a great partner, but in this particular endeavor, I knew that he was having trouble wrapping his brain around it. So the thing that really got me through is I found another group of people who were competing like a team. And so even when I wouldn't get support from him, I had this team of these other fitness women and I had a coach. If I wouldn't have had a coach or a team, there's no way that I would have been able to speak with that much confidence because I knew what I was doing, you know, and they were giving me feedback and, that is, that's the game changer. I think when people don't have their partner, they have to, they have to let go of the expectation that their partner is going to support them right now. Because a lot of times that is not how the journey works. They're, you're not growing at the same rate. You're not growing at the same pace. So sometimes you have to let it be okay for your partner not to mentally and emotionally be there yet. Cause maybe they have a lot more fear than you. And if you're more, you know, able to handle risk and you know that than your partner and you have more confidence than you know, in, in yourself at that particular moment, it's kind of like you have to just go find that group and show them. And that's always the best thing that you can do is just say, okay, I may not have this, but I'm going to show them for a while and maybe they can get on board. I get it. Chris is a wussy. <laughs> I get yep. what you're telling me, Lori. I was the Lori. scary one. Lori was saying. the bold hey, one. Listen, we all know Chris is a wussy. Eventually he'll catch up. I'm, I'm going. He did. He did. No, I love what you guys are saying right there because there's so many partners that never get out of their own way. And you found a community, mm-hmm. accountability. Yep. You had your vision, your dream. You were steadfast in it. You pushed through those emotional and mental barriers, sometimes even at the detriment of the relationship mm-hmm. to try and force it forward. But you always stayed 
steadfast that this is going to help us in the long run. And I love that, that you guys finally got back in alignment. I, I just want to point out, like for anyone listening too, for both him and I, and I know this rings true for you. Like if I didn't go and do that dream, I'm not going to ever be the partner that he wants because I'm always going to be hung up on, I could have been doing this. Who could I have been? What could my purpose have been? And so we made this agreement that like, if you ever have a big dream, like you have to go for it. We'll try it on for size. Or you're going to show up, like you're not going to show up as the person and the partner out in the world that you want to be. So it's actually the biggest thing that you can do for your family, I think, is to give your dream the run of its life. Yeah, it was right after that moment, actually, that we made this, this verbal agreement that we will always try our ideas on for size from here on out. So if she brings me something crazy now, I don't shoot it down. I say, babe, I'm willing to try it on for size. The agreement is it doesn't have to be a fit but I at least have to try it on for size and vice versa. So now, you know, we do the craziest things. Like one day she had this massive fitness brand that was making ton, I mean, multiple seven figures online. She comes to me and she says, Hey, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to shut it down. I want to figure out what I want to do next. I had to try it on for size and it turned out to be a great decision. There's been times that I've done complete pivots on her. I'm like, Hey, I want to go build this peer to peer lending app. It's going to cost us, you know, more money than we've ever fathomed. She doesn't shoot it down. She tries it on for size. So like that agreement to not shoot down our ideas is probably why we get to have a lot of wins is because things that turn out to be a win, other people would have just shot it down and the person wouldn't have been confident to, to move forward. I love that. What, what, let's, st- let's step back because I wanted to bring up like these core ingredients to be a successful entrepreneur. Mm. Yeah. When you were learning how to do the pitch and make sales and influence and persuade. And now I see you guys, you guys have so much confidence. So cool to watch you guys work and stand in front of your masterminds. You got all these people that you guys are teaching and, and collaborating with. And you got how many businesses now do you guys even are affiliated I mean, if with? you count the ones that we invest in and, and help guide, we're yeah. up to 14 of them right now. So, I mean, that's amazing. Let's talk about core ingredients for, for new entrepreneurs. Obviously, sales, persuasion, and influence. If you don't know, if you're not passionate, that's really what you were saying is Mm -hmm. I was, I fell in love with the product. It worked for me. I I used it. I had other people use it. So there's social proof. And I became unapologetically an ambassador of this thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Did you grow up like that? No. This is is literally something you just were like, I'm going to do this now. Yeah. Okay. And then what did you learn as you were starting to put on these events? Like, how did you learn how to overcome objections? How did you learn to sell, sell and persuade and influence people and enroll them into this thing? Yeah, you learn one objection at a time. And so I really, truly just learned one objection at a time because you don't know even what objections are going to come up. And I think that's where people in the beginning stop is they make up all these things that are going to happen that never even happen. And you don't even know what you're going to be facing. So I think I went into it, number one, I will say your back being up against the wall and not having totally anything helps. really, really helps because I was already at rock bottom. But I think that I think that people, even if they are comfortable right now, I really believe that if you have a dream and you're not doing it, you're already in your worst case scenario because you're living a life that you don't want to be living. You're already in your worst case scenario. So I think that's one of the most important things when you first start thinking about it is I'm already in my worst case scenario. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? I fail and I'm back to a job or- But there's a ton of people that are absolutely terrified to be told no to. Absolutely terrified to pick up the phone. They couldn't even envision inviting four people to a room. And they're just, Mm. they're stuck even before that step. 
I think you have to go and get in the rooms with people who are doing the trainings. You have to go and try it. Like we were in rooms with people. There was so much sales training in, in Isogenics as well. And my upline was really amazing that we were role-playing. So I think that I was ready for those things because I was already willing to be like, what do I need to do to get better? So step one, get exposure. Step, to people step who are one. already winning, yep. already doing it. Then practice. Practice. You're never going to rise to the occasion. You're Mm going to fall to your highest level of preparation. So practice. So many of our listeners reach out and they ask us how they can get involved in my actual real estate deals. Our investment firm specializes in finding deeply discounted properties, acquiring them, renovating, stabilizing both single family and multifamily properties all over the United States. That's why we're so excited to share with you clevercapitalfund.com. Now, if you have some investment capital and you want to deploy it and receive double digit returns back by real estate, then visit our website and see which fund is right for you. We have both equity funds and we have debt funds where you just get paid out every month like clockwork. All you got to do is visit www.clevercapitalfund.com today to learn more. Yep. Then finally pull the trigger. Yep. That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And you pulled the trigger and just started doing small events, inviting four or five women, tasting. Yeah. You know, I, I even had a, a little script when I first started doing sales stuff that I had asked, like, what are all of the objections? And I would write out what I was going to say. So when people would have objections, I wouldn't get flustered. I'd literally look over on my notebook and I'd have my script and I'd read it. And it sounded like crap the first maybe 10 or 20 people I did. But then you find your flow. So if you guys are nervous, it's kind of like, even for me, I always say, what do I need in order to do this to feel safe? So if you're worried about doing a phone call, do you need a friend on that phone call who's already done these and they can back you up? Like put that safety net in for yourself on those first few tries. And that's what I've done with everything. When I was raising money for the first time ever, it was like, what's the safety net that I need in order to get these first couple calls done? So always, always gone by that. Like, So you brought somebody in who's already raised money? Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, it, How much money were you trying to raise at the time? Uh, two million. She raised $2 million. This is for the, um, it's, the, uh, it's for a, a new product. Yeah. So, so well, not, not the one that's like pink that's pivoting. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I didn't know it was pivoting. Yes. We are I, pivoting. I, okay. Well, <laughs> you know what? That's a whole nother lesson. Yeah, I can't I've tell got you how, lots many, of lessons. how many businesses I start off on one path and you end mm-hmm. up pivoting. Then I think that's the key, especially going into a recession. You have to be nimble. Yeah. You have to be creative, so gritty, nimble. nimble. We just lost our margins and we said, okay, what else are we, what else do we love? What else are we passionate about? So I feel even better about this new thing. This is, we should actually unpack this a little bit. You know, she raised $2 million from 54 female only investors. She wanted to bring women to the table to have conversations about investing. That was one of the things that mm-hmm. meant the, the, a lot to her. But what she also wanted to do was have them have skin in the game so that they would come along for the journey and learn what it's like to actually grow the business. And this is for light pink, you know, the, the canned beverage that she was going to launch. Well, then COVID happens and then inflation happens and shipping, you remember the shipping nightmare and the candemic, everything becomes way more expensive, way more common. And in the journey was packed. It was like the lines were crazy to get in for manufacturing. You can't just go build a manufacturing company overnight. So, yep. And all of a sudden, before you know it, her amazing margins evaporated. Literally her reward for, for getting it in people's hands was losing money on every sale. And this is why you bet on the entrepreneur, not on the product. She knew, obviously, that would be a dumb plan to move forward. She knew she had a fiduciary duty to protect the investment that these people had, had put. 
And uh, she said, what else could I do that I, I know very well? And that is where her pivot was born out of. And I don't want to give too much information about your pivot yet. That's kind of up to you to... to, to Are we allowed to talk about yeah, it? Or is this I like mean, something that's coming? A little bit. It's a hydration product with benefits. So yep. I'm obsessed with, obviously, I come from the supplement background. So yeah, we're really excited. And all the hydration products that I use just have so much sugar and salt. So we wanted to really take a different approach with it. Oh, cool. Do yeah. you have a name or is it still... Yeah, but I'm not going to share it yet. Okay. It's coming soon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Like and I love that. I love that coming out. I, I, I have, you know, uh, Cole's wife, Sonia, yeah. is one of your female yes. investors. And I, when she was telling me about the concept of all female investors along for the journey, and uh, uh, I thought it was great. And I, I'm I love, so excited. I, I love that mission. So I wish you This is why when you're investing, though, the product, I see all the time where great products fail because they have a bad founder behind them. But I see the inverse. I see where mediocre products are home runs because they have a great founder behind them. When you invest, you always have to invest in the founder because Lori will pivot. Lori will kick down walls. Lori will make sure nothing fails, right? Even if it has to manifest in a little bit different way than what the original plan was. When you decide you're going to invest in, in whether it's real estate, whether it's a physical product, whatever it is, it's always founder first that you're betting on, product second. I love that. What are some other core ingredients you would say are necessary to become successful as an entrepreneur? You know, here's here's what has always made me successful. So all the way back to my banking days, you know, I worked for the world's largest bank and I was one of the fastest rising executives there. Then when that went to shit and we had to start over financially, I took a, a partnership in a little mortgage brokerage. I called it, you know, four turds in a shop. And we would always joke and, and we turned it into this massive mortgage bank that we we're doing, lending $330 million a year of our own money. Um, in just 36 months after the recession. And then I sold my shares to my partner and came home to, to help Lori grow her brand. And then we got our other ventures from there. And the thing that has always helped me win was I was able to choose the right people to surround myself with, the right team members, the right mentors, the right business partners. Um, I always knew what my core competencies were and even more, I'm acutely aware of what they aren't. And I don't pretend to be good at what I'm not. I don't pretend to be able to figure it all out. Instead, I go out and I find the people who are good at doing the things that I'm bad at doing, partner with them, hire them, make them a part of my inner circle. And we're always off to the races because of it. I think where people get stuck in entrepreneurship, they spend too much time trying to figure it out on their own. They spend too much time trying to be good at something they're mm -hmm. not. And they've got too much ego around they want to be the one to do it instead of sharing the win and and, and getting those business partners. Mm, I think it's a couple of things as well as that. It's um, not asking soon enough. Like people just don't ask enough questions or they're not willing to look stupid. And it's I've been in so many conversations where if I didn't say, hey, could you explain that? Or you're using words I don't understand. Like you'll just get left behind. So you'll never ever actually understand what that conversation even was. Like that beautiful learning opportunity from a mentor because- you didn't actually stop to say, I don't understand. Can you explain that? And then the other thing is, I don't think we're putting enough pressure behind our goals. Anything that I've ever stuck to has always been, there's always been a lot of money on the line. There's been people that maybe I don't want to let down. Um, you know, with this company right now, I can honestly tell you, I it, when it got hard, if I didn't have investors, I would have totally folded and probably gone back to things I was good at. And But that's not where my 
my heart is right now. Like I really crave growth and challenge to be happy. And I know that. And I know that I need people. I need so much on the line that I'm forced to rise to the occasion. And that's truly why I went out and got investors is because if they weren't there and I, if I didn't know I was going to disappoint them, if I didn't do a good job or bring this to a finish line, I would have totally quit and gone back to something, like I said, that I was good at. People don't realize like, we quit on ourselves all the time. So oh, I'm going to lose it. weight. Ah, eh, never mind. I'm ordering the pizza. Oh, I'm going to be great in my relationship. Ah, oh, never mind. I'm, I'm going to go cheat. Oh, I'm going to build this business. Ah, eh, never mind. It just got hard, right? People quit on themselves all the time. But when you bring other people's vested interest into the equation, you don't quit on other people. Mm-hmm. People, human nature is this. You'll quit on yourself, but you'll run through a fucking wall for somebody else. Because mm-hmm. intuitively, we want to play the hero. Intu- intuitively, we want to do the right thing for other people. And so getting that, taking that extra step of making sure that you have people that are counting on you to win instead of just going at it alone, mm-hmm. that's going to take you further every single time. Yep. It's the, uh, the ultimate why. The ultimate why. Yeah. And uh, the analogy I like to use is like, you know, you're not going to run into a burning building getting shot at by snipers that's surrounded by a moat full of alligators <laughs> and a landmine field uh, just for a bag of money. No. Nope. No. But if your kids are in that building, mm-hmm. you're going to blast through all those hurdles. and right Like instantly the framework changes yep. and the perception changes. You're like, I'd rather die yep. and let them die yep. in there scared. Yep. And uh, uh, I've operated like that the entire time. I've always brought in accountability yes. pieces to it that, that made it to, and even my team, one of the things I've always done really well is show um, success stories to my team on mm. all the team meetings. So I have my assistant prepare a lot of like success stories and stuff because like look at the of impact people you making. help yeah yeah look at the impact on these students that we're doing so and so just quit her job and went full time in real estate because of our hard work and so now when you see enough of those and then all of a sudden it's eleven o'clock at night it's a Friday everybody's exhausted the website goes down five of my team members instantly get notified they get out of bed they go work on the problem the problem they figure it out by the next day by the time I find out about it they mm-hmm. had already stepped up, did everything they needed to do, fixed the challenge, and then told me, hey, last night, we, we, this thing went down. We attacked it. We, we fixed it. And I'm thinking to myself, why would they do that? Well, they, they're not doing it for me, and they're not doing it for their paycheck. Not for their paycheck. They're mm-hmm. doing it for our students. Yep. Yeah. And because we've, we've talked about how important that is for us to operate because they're counting on us. Mm-hmm. So other I, humans I are involved, man, and you'll do so much more for another human than you'll do for yourself. So if you know that to be a human trait, then you might as well leverage it. Mm-hmm. All right. So we talked sales, persuasion, influence. We talked finding something bigger than yourself, um, hiring better people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, yeah, and partnering, not being afraid yeah, to I always thought it was pie. the worst fucking advice for people to be like, work really hard on your shortcomings. No, work really hard on the things that, that you're bad at. I hate that advice. It's the worst advice. No, no. The advice should be this. Lean into what you're really, really good at and go out and get other people to do the parts that you're not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's a perfect example. So I'm building a peer-to-peer lending app right now for personal loans under 2,500 bucks. What's it called? It's called Frello, a friendlier loan. It's the biggest undertaking I've ever taken in my life. I mean, we this thing is massive, right? Mm-hmm. I knew a couple of things. I knew I would have, I knew the, like, the mission behind it, and I can share that if you want, uh, meant the world to me. And I knew that I'd be good at making it popular. I also knew that I'm horrible at tech and that as soon as the, the techie detail part as soon as I encountered that, that I'd want to quit. So what did I do? 
I went out and I got my business partner, Matt. Why? Because Matt loves tech. Matt already built a multiple nine-figure tech company and sold it. Matt already had the team, the engineers, the designers, the CFO, everybody from his last company so that we could go turnkey. In other words, I did the things that I was good at and I went and I found partners. You enrolled. Mm-hmm. Enrolled. Yeah. Matter of fact, that word is so important because Matt said to me when I brought him the idea, he goes, dude, I, I love this. I'm all in, but you have to enroll. It's funny you use that word. You have to enroll my team in this or it's a no-go. So I had to pitch his team yeah. mm-hmm. from his last company in the mission of making borrower fast, borrowing faster and easier for people that are in a jam, right? Keeping them out of payday loan places. I had to enroll them in that vision and get their buy-in before he would partner with me on this thing. Yeah, brilliant. The real job of an entrepreneur is not to be a great technician, not to be really great at even sales or the pitch man or the operations. It's really to have such a clear vision that you're able to be an entrepreneur with a really big vision and then enroll other entrepreneurs, put them in the right seat of the bus and then say, guys, your vision and my vision, we can create alignment. We're all going to win in this. And here's the clarity. Here's the here's how we're going to work together and make this impact and make this service or product. And when you get really good at the enrolling part, because you can influence people to understand it and really see the win in it for them, that, that's the missing piece. It's mm-hmm. like, what do we do? We build widgets. Yep. Why do we do it? We do it for whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you were about to say your mission statement. Mm-hmm. And I would, I'd love to hear that in a second. It's like, how do we do it? Okay, we do it by blah, 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 blah. The part that most people miss is what's in it for them if mm-hmm. they do it with you. Yes. That's the missing ingredient. And that's the real key to becoming a great entrepreneur and scaling businesses is getting out of your own freaking way. I can't tell you how many meetings I went in in the beginning whether I had 10 people, 50 people, or 100 team members, and you'll hear my language patterns. Like, I don't say employees, team members, Mm. because I really believe. Like, I enrolled all these very talented people that are all could do their own thing if they chose to do it, but they chose to be an entrepreneur in my world because of this alignment. Mm. But I would stand up in these meetings, and I thought I killed it. I thought, man, we just left that meeting. Like, I just, like, I, I smashed that meeting. And then, like, an hour later, I'm hearing rumblings from some of my managers and stuff like, mm. you pissed so-and-so off. They're off on a tangent. They're, and I'm like, what happened? How, how, how was I so blind? It was because I was trying to solve all the problems. I was trying to tell them what to do. I was the one saying all the words. The best thing I ever did was fire myself from meetings and get out of my own way and be like, if I, if, if I didn't hire you because you're so much more talented in your area of expertise than me, mm. you shouldn't be working here. But that's an awareness most people don't have. Mm-hmm. And you got to be able to set your ego aside to be able to do that because people want to be good at everything, right? You want to be the hero. The leader, the in charge. The leader, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The problem is the real heroes, they're the ones that enroll other people in the mission to save the world. And, and that's what you've become very good mm-hmm. at doing. But we all have to go through that rite of passage to realize we are not the end-all, be-all shit. What makes us good at what we do is being able to enroll other people in, in the mission. We're, we're mm-hmm. limited by our vision and experiences. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your mission for? Is it Frello? It's called Frello. F-R-E-L-L-O. Frello. It's right. a friendlier loan. So I got to share a story with you. It's, it's I don't know if what you believe in God or whatever, but like it's literally feels like it's been a bit of a divine mission. So when you've got a brand, we got a podcast that's around You've money. done how many? 700 episodes or something She's crazy? She's past 1,000. I'm at around 750, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. when you got a podcast that's around money and generosity, you solicit 
a lot of people asking for money. You know, here's my hardship. Could I have 500 bucks? Here's my hardship. And so I made a personal policy that I wasn't going to give money in the DMs because you don't know what's real and you don't know what's fake. Despite having that personal policy about three years ago, a DM showed up and it was like a message from God or whatever you want to believe in as a physical message that said, hey, open this one and answer it. It was a landscaper. And he said, hey, Chris, I listened to your show. I got a landscape company. It's me and I've got two guys that work for me and I'm two payments behind on my landscape truck. And the problem is if I don't find 680 bucks in a couple of days, they're going to repossess it. And if they repossess it, not only do I lose my business, but those two guys lose their job. Could you lend me $680? So I said to him, I said, listen, man, stranger, um, I won't lend you $680. I will send you $680. Uh, I'll send it via PayPal. And all I ask is that you put yourself in position to do this for somebody else down the road one day, and I believe in you. Now, I thought I'd never hear from this guy again. I didn't know if it was real. Is it fake? Is he scamming me? I didn't care. I was just kind of following the feeling that I had. About two months later, I get a DM from him. And he says, hey, I just wanted to give you a bit of an update on what you did for me that day when you sent me that money. He said, of course, I took the money. I got current on the truck. And those two guys were able to keep their job. But when you said put myself in position to do this for somebody else one day and that you believed in me. He said, man, somehow that lit a fire in me and I've gone out and gone absolutely crazy getting as many new landscape jobs as possible to the point where I'm now getting a second truck and I'm hiring two more guys. I thought, holy fucking shit, 600. Look, I get goosebumps every time I tell this. $680 was the difference between him going out of business and two guys losing their jobs or him Go catching fire and creating two additional jobs for the $680. Mm-hmm. Where do these people go, right? Maybe, maybe they go to a payday loan store where a thousand bucks turns into $3,500 overnight. You grew up trading the same $100 around the family. Hey, we need a hundred bucks. Who's got the hundred bucks? Where do these people go? I remember his DM because he said, I'm embarrassed to ask you for this money, but I'm asking anyways. That shows that people have nowhere to go. Yeah. So we're creating a two-sided marketplace to solve that problem. People that have a need and people like the three of us that would be, hey, I'll bet on you. Just pay me back. Yeah. Okay. So let's say I have some money I want to put into play. I would create an account in Frello. I'm the I'm a lender. You're a lender. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then other people can, you match us? Yes. Is that what's happening? Yep. So what happens is the borrower who's in need, they go into the marketplace. I need you know $1,000 and I prefer to pay weekly or biweekly or monthly. And um, here's what it's for. Let's say home repair. Then we pull a proprietary risk score, zero through 100 that we built, 100 being the best. And then people like the three of us, we go on there, we're scrolling through the scores and we're like, oh, they got a 95, their furnace went out. Um, I'll give you your $1,000, but you got to pay me back 1,100 in four weeks. And you might say, I'll give you your $1,000. You got to pay me back 1,200, but you get three months to do it and so on and so on. So these bids come in. So there's actual... uh, what's the word I'm I'm looking for? Um, like with Facebook ads. Um, oh my god, my mind just went blank. It's like a true marketplace where they're created where a bid, a bid. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're, they're, now here's there's the a competition part. behind it to but see. But they're blind bids, so I can't try and outdo you. I have to put my best foot forward based on what I think that their their score is and what their need is. Now the question I get is this every single time: you make the loan, great. We lock the contract in the air, and we start moving the money back and forth as agreed. What happens if they don't? pay you back. Yeah. We have figured out, we use insurance actuaries and our CFO is a genius, Corinna, shout out to Corinna. We have figured out how to insure every single loan, self-insure every single loan by taking a loan guarantee fee out of the lender's profit of every loan, put it into an aggregate pool and be able to pay back any unpaid principal. 
So literally, we've created a marketplace where- So I can't lose? You can't lose. Where you can't lose, you're not going to get your profit. We'll give your principal yeah. back, unpaid yeah. principal. But you can't lose, and we're going to be creating a situation where people who wouldn't normally get a second chance or get a loan, they're going to be able to um, get money that they need. I love it. We're, we're going to change when, what people when, do when is this out right now? Uh, so soft launch is good. Uh, first beta is in about 60 days. Large beta, five to 10,000 people is in September. Full launch is in January. So if I want to go riskier with a lower score, I get a higher return yeah. as a lender? You get higher return because you're yeah. putting a higher bid out there. Yeah. And our loan guarantee fee also goes up if someone has a lower score. So it promotes the behavior of, hey, you don't have a high score right now. You're going to have to pay a little bit more for this loan, but you're still going to get an offer. I love it. This is brilliant. We, we now, there's want, only one thing I want to know, Chris. Why, why did you not ask me to partner with you? That's <laughs> what I want to really know. There's still I think time. This is a brilliant, <laughs> cool concept, man. Thank you. Yeah. We're going to change the world. We're literally going to change the fear and the shame that people have when they are in a shitty financial spot. We're going to be that second chance the way I was for that landscaper. You know, I feel like uh, I don't monetize this podcast, but I think Frello needs to be a, mm. uh, an advertiser yes. on this uh, podcast. Yes. Yes. We are a financial literacy podcast. Yes. Uh, I love That'll it. That'd be awesome. We're going to have a financial literacy um, cause that we donate to from each loan so this and is, a free this library is gonna of education. Be a, this is going to be a for-purpose type business where there's some charitable for component. For-purpose, for-profit. Yeah, I yep. love it. Yep. Yeah, fantastic. I'm, 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 I'll be a lender and a, uh, hopefully not a user. <laughs> hopefully I don't need a loan. You know, uh, really you never, when you say hopefully not a loser, we've got this interior. Not loser, user. 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 We've got this interior metric called flippers. We want to see how many people come to the app as a borrower that we can flip into a lender because that shows that their financial behaviors and situations changed. Like that is the you true know, mission. Now that I say this out loud, I might be a user because I use other people's money all the time in real yeah. estate. Mm. That's how it's leverage. It's how I move fast and do more. And so I wonder if there can, like, what's your max? 2,500. I'm not sure it's uh, going to be in the ballpark of what you're buying. I was going to say, if you have maybe, maybe over time, you have like a real estate angle component yeah. where you guys are able mm. to lend on renovations, yeah. like bigger renovation yep. things. That's interesting. Yeah. Because yes. you could charge a lot more. I mean, the hard money loans, private lenders, minimum, probably 10 to 12%. Yeah. minimum. Most of them now that the risk is going up because of the way the market is, is going up 14, 16, 18. Here's what's so exciting about these micro loans though, is if I lend out $1,000 20 times in a year, and I'm only making 10% each time, I've now made 200% return on my money. Instead of having to make 30% or 40%, you know, in, in one whack on someone. So it's all about the, the speed velocity of, of, the, of the return on, on your money. How many times can you flip it? With these micro loans, you're going to be able to make a whole bunch of four and six week loans and be able to have an incredible return, but people will still get really fair Is offers. Is there any competitors to yeah, follow? There's one called Solo right now. And I'm actually a huge like shout out to Solo. Now they're very different in that they're only a two week solution and they only go up to 500 bucks. Um, and my belief is when you only have a two-week solution, all you're doing is kicking the problem to the next paycheck. We all know you're not going to solve it in the next paycheck. That's why we're doing longer terms and, and higher amounts. But shout out to them because they have already lent over a hundred million dollars wow. in peer-to-peer -peer loans, helping people out of a jam. Mm -hmm. And they've set the precedence of like, hey, there's a market for this thing. Yeah, we're just cool. taking it and doing it in a whole different way. 
I love that. Now, do, do you know, do they guarantee their downside and all that? Like They've got an insurance that you can buy. Uh, I forget how much it is on each loan. Uh, and they only guarantee like a certain uh, number of loans. We're guaranteeing every single loan. Yeah, that's cool. Well, dude, congratulations on that. Can't wait to, Thanks, to see how that plays out. You're going to be my favorite new private lender because you're going to get so <laughs> embarrassingly wealthy over this thing when it goes global. Dude, that's the goal. That's the goal. It's going to be cool. Yep. Yeah. It, I've I've done really well with with a lot of different businesses, but nothing was a rocket ship. I would love ever. to. Be, I mm. would love to be on like just a rocket ship mm. where it just like scales to hundred like, million in one all? year. Where you're like, what just happened to my life? Like, it's cool to make a lot of money, but it, it'd be a a different feeling to build something so scalable like that. And it's you know, I wouldn't be able to do this on my own. I, I don't have the acumen to take something like this across the finish line. Thank God I have Matt. Mm. Um, it's funny. I met Matt in a mastermind of all places about four years ago now. We became friends first. He is the one with the tech acumen. He's the one that already built and sold a multiple nine-figure company. He's What'd you the pay one. for that mastermind? Mm. Is that 50000 Yeah. Yeah, 50000 Think bucks. about that. I know. 99% of people would have came home, said, honey, I'm thinking about spending 50 Gs. Yep. They would have said, oh, hell no. Yep. Not happening. You put yourself in a room. You got proximity. You did not know who Matt was. Nope. Now you're starting like a billion dollar yes. company together. Yep. I trade 50 G's for that all day long. Partner and oh my god, all day long. And 99 percent of people would have a mental roadblock over that. And mm-hmm. what does that go back to though? People. When you put yourself in a mastermind, when you put yourself into a, a like-minded situation, you're going to find the people, and the people are always people. the missing part of your business journey. Mm-hmm. It really is. You can Google the skill anywhere. You, but you probably can't execute what you learn. Mm-hmm. With AI nowadays, you don't even yeah. need skills. You yeah. just ask chat GPT. So you become a professional prompter. Exactly. You just prompt, hey, how to do this yeah. or write this thing for me. I'm getting me. real good at it. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. you're, you're, I sound like a pro in every category I'm now. like, oh my God, you my podcast a, just got way better. You want to know about astronomy? I got you. I can even <laughs> Let do me it. list you these 10 facts and where yeah. they're from. <laughs> <laughs> Please write this in the voice of Neil deGrasse Tyson. Thank you. <laughs> That's it's getting better too. And make me funny. And yeah, make, yeah uh-huh. add, add three three bad dad jokes. <laughs> exactly. It is scary. Like it is scary in a good way and scary in a bad way. What it does, you'd be like, all right, now do it in like a hey girl attitude. And it's like, hey girl, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can write your sales copy. It can do everything. No, it's, it's nuts. so good. Oh, you can write a country song. Yeah. yeah. I wrote like a whole opt-in, a whole yeah, lead magnet with it. Yeah, the coolest thing I did is I filmed myself, because it's like the matrix, right? Mm. I filmed myself creating. A, a lead magnet and a YouTube mm. script and an email to sell it while teaching people on YouTube how to use it. So mm. it's like, there's a lot of layers to that thought. It's like, we're going to film ourselves using this powerful new technology to create the lead magnet that I'm filming. And, and as it writes the lead magnet and the YouTube script and the email that, and the entire, every word that I'm saying to you right now, was all generated using this tool. Mm-hmm. My, my only fear is it's going to take this lack of critical thinking that's out there. It's going to only make it worse. That's my only fear. Yeah, probably. But I mean, look, here's, here's, and I was talking, um, uh, oh my God, why is my mind going blank today? I need some, I need some of your guys's yeah. products or something. <laughs> um, Neil, I was talking to my friend, Neil, and, uh, I, we were talking about that concept and he said, but here's the thing. Right now, people are creating content every single day. It's just human-created mm-hmm. content. And if you look at Google, the only ones that matter are the top 10 rankings. Everything else behind it is just crap yeah. content. So all we're going to do is automate crap content from a bunch of people. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You still got to have creativity. You yep. still got to know how to prompt it right exactly. and then modify it. Maybe someday in the future, it's got yeah. more more to it. But right now, it's just a bunch of people creating more crap. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it's still going to be you know smart, hardworking, consistent, talented individuals. They're going to skyrocket with it. Yes. And anyone else who does not fall in that category, sure, it might give them some answers, but they're not going to follow through with those answers. Anyways. They're going to regurgitate a bunch of crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Um, you said something earlier, and I, I want to pick up on it. Um, we were talking about complacency. Mm. And I've always felt like complacency kills your dreams. Complacency mm-hmm. kills your progress. And right now, there's a lot of complacent people out there. And I don't know if it's just, you know, we were talking about health and mm-hmm. people being over. And more, more people are unhealthy than ever before. Why do you, what, what, what advice would you give somebody that maybe had a little success? They hit mm. that $100,000 a year mark in there in maybe 200,000, maybe even 500,000. But they kind of just started settling. They got comfortable. They got complacent. And now they're kind of floating. Mm. One month turns to six months, turns to a year. And next thing you know, they look back and they're like, what happened to the growth? What happened to the progress? Mm. I got my answer. You got yours? Mm-hmm. Go for it. I think it's always who you're around. Yes. Always. Yep. If you're around people who are settling and feel like mediocre is good enough, that's you're going to average out right where they are. Your limiting beliefs will always settle right along with the limiting beliefs of the other people around you. So for me, whenever I'm feeling like, oh, something doesn't feel possible or I'm not really dreaming big anymore, it's because I'm not seeing it and I'm not talking about it in my circle of influence. So we this year has been such a conversation about that because, you know, with with COVID and everything, we kind of, you your circle kind of got smaller and, um, you know, we spent a lot of time with family, which is amazing, but we weren't making these very specific- Mindset strides. Mindset strides and outreaches to the people who really inspire us. It's almost like we got a little like timid around it. We got it. complacent. We got complacent yeah. around it. And so we had to have a conversation of, okay, what does it look like? How frequently do we need to do this? Do we need to go get on an airplane and go back to LA and make dinner specifically with these people? And and that's really what we're doing. We're trying to get it back in our schedule so that we're around it. We see it. We're, you know, in the homes. We're around the things. We're having those big conversations. Or you just, you, you, you kind of, you settle right in with whoever you're around most. Yeah, you've got to intentionally try to keep inviting new higher level people into your circle of influence. And this doesn't mean you leave people behind, right? It doesn't mean, oh, if someone's not a bigger thinker than you are today, you just ditch their ass. No, you add to your circle. You put yourself in places that will feel a little bit intimidating so that you have to rise to the occasion. All of a sudden, look, you're motivated again. I'll give you a real example. And this is going to be a shallow example, but it's a real one for me right now. Um, there was a time when I was grateful to just fly first class. Then I realized when I uploaded, uh, up-leveled my circle, people flew private. And then I tasted that and I thought, holy shit, I'm never going to sit in a TSA line again. And then I wanted to start flying, flying private, start flying private. Then friends around us, they started getting planes. What did I say? Or what do we, what do we talk about? And I'm like, damn it. I want to get a plane now. And like, that's my new big, exciting. And the truth is this, it's not about the plane. It's about who you have to become and what you have to accomplish to be able to go buy your plane or now whatever you have it is your for plane you. picked out. No, not yet. Oh, come on, Chris. Me and you, we got to get a plane, bro. There you, you go. Come on. You got oh, one picked oh, out? Oh, I want the Phenom 300E. That's a okay, great first one. It's an Embryr. It's a 
probably $12 million to $14 million. So totally attainable. It, well, <laughs> it, it's doable. It's a lot. So I had a lot of friends buy planes over the last yeah. few years. And um, before- all, We have the same friends buying right, all the yeah, damn planes, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Right before COVID really skyrocketed the cost of the planes, they were getting them for like $3 million, $4 million. Now these, these phenoms were always more expensive. They were yeah. like nine. Now they're 12. Mm. To 14, it, like depending on how hard they are to get at that moment. So you're saying we got to hustle. We got to mm-hmm. hustle a little bit more because I don't want the four, $4 million plane. Right. The one that, that you know, you have to from buy 19, 1980. You <laughs> the know, one like, that, that might stay in the air. We, we're not 100% <laughs> sure what those noises are. But, uh, and <laughs> you know I'm I mean? already scared of flying. Like I'm not a big mm. fan of like flying around. And, and what's cool uh, about the Phenom is it can make it from here to Florida. Mm. You can go coast to coast. You got to go, co- you can go yeah. coast to coast. Yeah. Maybe on the way back because of the, there might be one stop or something like that, but as long, you know, it, it fits a lot of passenger. It fits a lot of luggage. It's gorgeous inside. I have a friend that has one and he absolutely adores it. And it's been on my vision board for about two years. My thing is I, I said to myself, I want the plane. I'm getting the plane. It's happening. And so I love, I love what you're saying. Like first I was around people that mm. were, yep. But flying private, then yep. buying planes. And I'm like, dude, this is it. I'm going to do it. It's our same So my friends. vision scaled. Mm-hmm. But I said to myself, if I want the plane, I got to buy enough assets to pay for the plane. So last year, I bought probably, over the last two years, I probably bought between 35 to 45 Airbnbs mm-hmm. and a bunch of multifamily, about a 294 unit in Georgia bought an 81 unit over by Arizona State. And I'm, I have partners in these deals. Yeah. It's not like I rolled in and just spent north of $70 million on a, on a building. Uh, but we put m- lots of money in and raised money and did all these fun things to get into these assets. Mm. Uh, I have 26 houses being built right now. We're, we're floating over $40 million. Dang. It's very scary. Yeah. Mm. But the amount of wealth I created in the last two years has been phenomenal on paper. Yep. Cash flow has been right. Challenging. And don't people get, don't realize that difference, by the mm-hmm. way. Oh, man. People look at like yep. IG and they're like, oh, these people are balling out. It's like, yep. motherfucker, I'm living paycheck to yeah. paycheck sometimes, <laughs> just making sure that right now I have just with one of my hard money lenders, I have $100,000 a month in hard money loans yep. just by one lender. I probably have 10 lenders that I'm cutting checks to, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. That doesn't include the hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars I'm floating before we can get our construction draws back. We're floating Mm. millions and millions and millions of dollars every month, just jumping to the next hurdle. Not even like to the finish line. It's like, okay, we, and we're triaging all Mm -hmm. the freaking time. And people are like, they don't get the pressure cooker that I'm in constantly. But at the end of this, if I pull this off, when, when we pull it off, when, Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we pull it off is the plane. And it's been carrying me forward because I'm like, man, this thing is going to feel so good kicking my shoes off with my homies mm-hmm. in the plane. You can bring your dog, you can bring your <laughs> friends, you can bring your kids. It's your freaking plane. I already have the pilot picked out. I just need Chris, you to put up half the dough. All right. I'll put up half the dough. We, we talk about that. We're, We're like, we just got to find one or two no, couples to like, split this with. We, yep. Who else can yep. we do this with? Big spurbs. But, yeah. I, but, but I don't have any cash right now. I need, well, <laughs> yeah. you need listen, to wait until I sell all this Listen, stuff. I'm so glad you're saying this. People need to understand this. And this is one of the things that holds them back. Lori and I keep one year runway for uh, personal expenses and business at any given time. Everything above and beyond one year's runway 
we deploy, Mm -hmm. right? We send those soldiers out to go fight for our wealth. We send them out to go to battle and make us more money. Now, it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because everybody thinks that you should keep all your money in, in a bank account. It's the stupidest place you could possibly keep it. It's just evaporating in there. It's your responsibility to take that risk. It's your responsibility to make yourself go broke um, as many times as possible, deploying that money so that you can go put it into assets that will then buy you the toys. Too many people spend their earned income instead of just putting that one step in between and investing that earned income and then spending the crop that comes from those seeds. And if they would just, if more people like you would actually talk about, you know, here's what I'm doing. I'm not sitting on my money. I've got it out there. It's at risk, but I know it's going to make me, it's going to turn into a hell of a crop. That's the key. There's yep. a difference between risk and calculated yep. risk. And and people sit there and, and they listen to the advice where they're just holding onto it and they're afraid to part with it. And then they wonder why they're not getting wealthy. Yeah. I've said this in other podcasts. You cannot work your way to wealth, save your way to wealth no. between taxes and no. inflation. You're just going backwards. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to get ahead. And I think it's only going to be much more dynamic. I think inflation. And if, yeah. Oh, oh. And it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, we're filling some tremors right now. Yep. It's about to get really painful for a lot of people. Unemployment's going to skyrocket. There's going to be a, trem- we, I, I had Robert Kiyosaki on the podcast last mm. week. It drops this week. And uh, you guys come out next week. So, I mean, Yay. I'm just bringing back-to-back that's, heat on that's this That's a privilege. Five-star review. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Five-star review. Following up the legend. That's a privilege. Um, yeah, yeah. And you guys are obviously legends. I believe, I believe you guys dropped some real fire on this podcast, especially because you guys are, are a power couple. Mm-hmm. And I think more examples of very powerful couples that have figured it out because it mm-hmm. wasn't easy. There's so many ups and downs that you guys are sharing on this. It's really cool to see mm. like you guys coming out the other end and winning and still staying together. Mm. Are you guys having a lot of sex? Is What's going on with the sex department <laughs> here? Do, are we still, having lots of sex We definitely here? still we're, have we're sex. We're working on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> come on. I want to see those numbers pump way up. Numbers, Let's go. Okay, we'll should we send measure you some it? numbers. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll measure it and send what, you what are some the KPIs numbers. We'll send you our spreadsheet. How's that? Okay, what what yeah. should KPIs be on uh, on that? Well, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different things that we can probably put on there. I mean, first frequency. We got frequency is the first one. As long as it's not duration. <laughs> yeah. Or or pleasure. It's just like yeah. we had it. it yeah. Yeah. We, we, it it we checked the no. box, babe. No. Sorry that you didn't feel anything, but I checked the box. We are it, on track. That's right. Good. You know, I had this idea um, for a sex B and B. I want to oh. like create straight sex up B&Bs. themes. Yeah, themed. I, I want to buy a fourplex. Each yeah. one of them is a different theme. I mean, people are freaks. Would that like, be a fourplex? Like a fourplex? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, you could probably. There you go. We could have, so I'm going to bring you on for marketing materials. Yeah. Um, but think about it. Like there's a, and this all stemmed from my son walking in on me and Shannon. Oh my God. Mm. Um, we were going at it at four in the morning. Okay. First off, that's the only time married couples have to, to do anything. You no. gotta go. You four in the morning. Four we're sound asleep. No, no I was, we're happen. normally asleep, but it's like, you know, you're with the kids and the older they get, the later they stay up. So you're mm. exhausted by then. You don't want to do it. So then you're trying <laughs> to like wake up early and get it in. So. All of a sudden, I hear, oh my God. God. I'm not kidding, guys. I mean, I'm doing like some porn star stuff. Like, I think oh, no. one leg was up. I'm I think he's overselling over. it. I think I'm he's overselling no, it. No, 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 no. I'm doing the Alaskan oil rigger. Like, <laughs> I'm literally just going crazy. And I hear, oh my oh, God. God. I fro- and we froze. And oh, I turn around and Hudson's standing there in his underwear looking at us. <laughs> and he goes, is this sex? Oh, come on. How old is he? This was like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah. So he's 
maybe 12. Oh God. 11, 12. So we yeah. had made it all the way until he's 11 or 12 okay. before they walked in on us. I, because it was so early and I was tired and it just started happening, I didn't go lock the door. Ah. I couldn't believe it. I was mortified. And I had to go, I said, go, I said, hey, buddy, um, can you go outside and I'll come out there and talk to you here in a second? And he's got like his little stuffed animal duck and he's like, okay. And he goes out in the room and he waits for me. And I had to Google, what the hell to say <gasps> to your kid when they walk in on you? I'm oh like going through God. all these psychiatry websites because yeah. I didn't want to fuck I, his head I, up. I, like, I was yeah, chat GPT. Yeah, now I could just ask chat GPT, but I was terrified. Yeah. And so I found some good things to say and I went out there and had this talk with him. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, how many married couples mm. don't have any fun anymore? Right. Mm-hmm. They lose that because of their environment. But what if there was a subscription service or this idea of the sex B&B where I buy fourplexes, I theme out each room, I find out whatever the hottest, kinky, fun things are. My friend mm. owned, like in one of our masterminds in the 100 million mastermind experience, there was a member who paid a hundred grand to be in this mastermind who owns one of the largest online sex toy distribution oh, websites. Yeah. And he's killing it. He's making all this stuff. And he's like, oh, I could get this stuff at wholesale and da, da, da. So I'm thinking I can have a menu with like, you can pre-order stuff. It's brand new. It shows up As you for say, you. It's not like recycled. No, or no, no, no. We're not, not there's like, no, there's, right. no, there's no maid out there like yeah. squirting yeah, yeah, no. the dildo or something. No, we promise it's clean. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought, man, I think I can pull something mm-hmm. off because people would probably, especially married people, could use it. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't even have to rent are. it for all night. You could just rent it for a couple hours. Yeah. And then it's fun. not coming into their house and they don't feel bad about it or, yeah, like, yeah, you I mean, know, if the they're… Options are endless. But then I, f- I didn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. About two months ago, somebody forwarded me a link. They have a cabin. Mm. It's like an adult it's a cabin. cabin. It's a stabbing it's cabin. It's a stabbing cabin. Yep. I was like, dang it. They actually freaking did it. So but it I, doesn't I, mean you, you can't do it still. I know. It but was my idea first. Doesn't mean you can't do cabin it yeah. Clearly, we need more than one fourplex in the world. Yeah, it's only sex. one oh, fourplex. I was going to do one on the west side, one on the east side, and then create a subscription so you can, you can use it you know, you just go on a little calendar, block it off. Yeah. And, and you, you get to meet it. other members then too? Or? Well, you know what we could do is have one of the rooms where it's like a one-way see-through glass. Oh, there you go. Door through it. That's an extra membership. Oh, yeah. No, that's definitely extra. What, what you talk about right now, though, is, is really, really important. So we've been married. Uh, it'll be 18 years in August. And we've been entrepreneurs for how much of that? 13, 14 years, yeah. right? It's really important that you put yourselves first that you carve out time for intimacy, that you have conversations about what do you need, that you um, get people out of your house if that's what it takes, or you make it a priority to the two of you to to go off somewhere. Um, In that 18 years, if we've learned anything, it's that you have to be really intentional about Mm -hmm. caring as much about your marriage and your relationship and making sure that's on point as you do your businesses and everything else. Because I think people take their eye off the ball. I think people are like, oh, we're good. All right, mm-hmm. great. And you each go off and, and you go to battle and you go conquer what you think you're conquering. And you literally forget that the thing that made you so fucking great to begin with was the partnership, mm-hmm. was the two people together. I mean, stress together. can really get you. Stress can really, yep. it, ch- it changes a lot. Yep. So trying to figure out how to process the stress together and, you know, how are really having the check-ins. You and I have, um, we create containers and I'm sure yep. that you, you know, any anyone with, Kids, I feel like whenever we feel like they've got a great family life, they do this as well. I'm always like, how do you have such a great relationship with your family? And they're like, we have specific times every day 
to make sure that we're talking. And so that's what Chris and I have done is we have specific times every day to make sure that we're talking and going over things. So we have a walk in the morning and we typically do a walk in the evening as well. And like, this is our check-in. And if we didn't have that, I feel like it wouldn't take more than a couple of weeks to feel One totally degree separate. over a long period of time yes. going two different directions. It doesn't Actually, take you know, long. You're on the other side of a canyon going, hey, who are you? If we, I don't we, see we, him we for a week it, sometimes, yeah. it feels We call it smoke, not fire, right? Because yeah. it's awkward to bring something up when it's a fucking raging fire. Yeah. But it's not awkward when it's just smoke. So you've got to have these containers, these check-ins. in front of it. Yep. Yep. And are you guys doing consistent date nights and that kind of yeah, stuff? We yeah, we try I know to. you guys travel mm-hmm. a lot. You guys jump in an RV and just go and… Yeah, mm-hmm. well, we got rid of the RV, but it's lake house now. We have a lake house now, yep. which is awesome. That's cool. Yeah, so we do Do the RV for a little dates. bit, travel the country, then like, hey, ditch this thing. Let's yeah. get the lake house. Do you still have the Aston Martin? Uh, I got rid of the Aston Martin, got a new Porsche. You know, why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. From apartment porches to Porsches. <laughs> Let's go, baby. I love that Aston Martin. That was mm-hmm. a cool car. That, uh, that was probably one of my favorite cars I've ever had. But the, the new car I've got? So one of one. Which kind of Porsche? It's a 911 Turbo S, but it's a 1959 Speedster color uh, from the factory. It's a special uh, factory paint. Spec. So it's a new Porsche with an old paint. Yeah, mm-hmm. old scheme. retro paint scheme from that's, Porsche factory. From oh, that's kind of cool. Speedster. I just want to know. Can I borrow it? Yeah. <laughs> all yours. That's all I want to know. I like it. That's all we really care about here on this <laughs> podcast. Well, look, uh, let's let's end this thing strong. You guys can, I ask all, all my guests, if you can go back and talk to your younger self, you know, they're 13 mm. years old. You're staring at that young woman, that mm-hmm. young man. What advice would you give that kid? Mm. Mine would be to stop caring what people think so much because in the grand scheme, it just a lot of those people won't be in your life. Um, and you can't say the wrong thing to the right people. Mm-hmm. Mine would be ego is your greatest overhead. Mm. Like, your ego will cost you more than anything else on this planet. It'll cause you to speak up when you shouldn't. It'll cause you to not speak up when you should. It'll cause you to burn bridges. It'll cause you to you know stick your stake in something that doesn't fucking matter. Your ego will literally cost you more through life than any bad investment or anything else. And if you can mitigate and get rid of your ego, stop giving a shit what people might think, that's when everything opens up for you. I love that. That's such great advice. And uh, how can people find you guys? What's, what's the name of your podcast? Mine is The Chris Harder Show. Mine is Earn Your Happy. Earn Your Happy? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Thanks. I like that. And one thing I do that's kind of cool too is every single morning I wake up, I text out a positive money mantra or positive business perspective. And so if anybody wants to jump on that, uh, just text me the word daily to 310-421-0416. Every morning, Monday through Friday, it's the first thing I do when I wake up. That's cool. Yeah. So now you got this, this text community thousands. that's getting, getting Thousands and thousands awesome. of people. It literally gets a text when I wake up. I love that. I text five friends every day. That's oh, smart. I love that. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's my top five, mm-hmm. and I rotate smart. through them. But um, if you if you get a text from me, you know that like you're in that rotation for that moment, and I'm really thinking about you, and I'm just pumping you the hell up mm. because I want them the first thing when they wake up just to be like, wow, that was one of the most powerful inspirational messages. So I love what you're doing mm. right there because if you don't have those kind of people doing that to you, it's the best. I can't tell you how much deeper my relationships have gotten because of this. Oh, I love that. How much lo- more loyalty. How many, And I don't do it for any return, but I, people answer my phone calls. Mm. They're constantly there for me if I need them for anything. I mean, it really has transformed the, because I don't have a lot of empathy by nature. Like I'm not like a lovey-dovey person. I have to work on 
connection mm-hmm. and relationships. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'd just be in my little silo, like, I'm fine. Do, yeah, doing my own <laughs> yeah. thing, yeah. you know. But uh, I've been doing this now for about maybe three years now, and it's radically changed. Important mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's important because men don't check in on men enough. I think we all just assume that we're doing great unless you hear otherwise. And I can't speak to women, but as guys, typically you, I sent you one the other day. I'm like, hey man, I feel kind of awkward, but just checking in on you. Like it feels awkward because it's what not a guy thing to that? do. What's that? What, what happened immediately when you picked that? up the phone, called me right away? I immediately called you. You know, I was actually on the toilet when I answered that. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> I just called you to tell great. you, like, I love that, man. It, it made my day just mm. knowing that you were out there somewhere thinking about my health and mm. well-being and all that. It, it means a lot, dude. And, and we're friends, but we're not that good of friends. Right. And the fact that you do that just shows a lot about your character and how you treat people. So I, I want to get on this text. What's the phone number? Uh, it is 310-421-0416. Just text me the word daily. I'll throw you on the list. Boom. All right. I'm on it. And thank you guys for sharing some of your wisdom and your time here on the Clever Investor Show. We appreciate you. Thank you, you so us, much. Man. It was so it. fun. All right. I want to be on your podcast next. Let's yes. go. Done. All right, guys. That's all we have for today's episode. If you loved the Harders, go support them by following them on all social media channels and check out their podcast and make sure you text Chris and uh, get on his uh, inspirational message texting thing. And until next time, we're out of here. Take care. Comb your hair. Peace. Hey, thanks for being a subscriber of the Clever Investor Show. As a thank you gift, we wanted to give you something that we know is going to help you get started as a creative real estate investor. It's our real estate success kit, and it's completely free. Just go to www.reisuccesskit.com to customize your kit, but essentially it's a collection of 15 training tools designed to help you get results quickly as a creative real estate investor. From systems to lead generation to finding cash buyers to creative ways to close deals and get paid. Your free REI success kit is just a few clicks away. Once again, the website's www.reisuccesskit.com.